the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Briefcast 32 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Of course, the Briefcast is when I come to you guys solo without the special teams unit, but we have a great one in store for you. We have an extended interview with Texas Southern head football coach Clarence McKinney. We talked quite a bit about all aspects of football, his history, and uh, what led him to Texas Southern, and, uh, of course, what's going on with his program. So that's coming up, and that's really, really nice. It's my first time sitting down with Coach, and we'll tell you more about that before we get into the interview. But also, it's a huge, huge show because I've been promising things for a long time, and some of those things are starting to come to fruition, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. But first and foremost, want to Thank you. Don't know how you found us, but I'm so glad you did. I'm on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, all of those ways. So if you found us one way this time, you can find us another way. And then there's a huge way that you can find us, and I'll tell you about that in just a second. But also you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group. But that takes a back seat to what I'm about to tell you guys. But coming up this episode, of course, the conversation with Coach Clarence McKinney. But in addition to that, we will do a big dummy and, of course, brand new. We have music from DJ Anarchy. And I want to remind you guys, if you are a fledgling artist and you want to have your music heard on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, Please hook up with me. Send it to me. It does not matter the genre. We do want radio edit. That means uh, not a lot of expletives. We don't want a lot of cursing or a lot of uh, graphic language. Um, but if it, no matter the genre, hip-hop, if you're a DJ, if you have a mix you want to send in, you certainly can. If you are a rapper, if you're a gospel singer, if you're a country singer, classical, whatever. We do not discriminate musically here at all. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and play the uh, entire track or the majority of an entire track or mix at the end of the show. With that, it's time for a segment that we call Brand New. Brand New, Brand New, Brand New. Now, what's brand new this time out is a lot. There's a lot that is brand new. And this is huge news. And I want you guys to make note of this because it's important because now you've asked for it. And there are many more ways to be interactive with this podcast and actually be heard on this podcast. So let's start with this. There's a new website. I've been promising for a while that there will be a website. There is a website. Now, again, get your pencils ready, your pens, your phones, whatever, whatever you're going to do. It's wadeswordproductions.com. Now, it's all one word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S.com. Wadeswordproductions.com. No no apostrophe, none of that. Wadeswordproductions.com. Now, many of you know that I've written a book, I've written for plays, and you know about the massively successful uh, Friday Express, the Friday Express show on KTSU on Fridays. Well, the WadesWordProductions.com website sort of has, uh, it's an umbrella over all of the things that I do and I am involved with. So, that being said, you can go on and see all about me. There's a lot about me, probably too much about me, but yeah, I have to get it out there so you guys know who you're listening to and, and what I'm doing and where I'm going and what I'm working on so you, you guys can participate with that. But under that umbrella, you can go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade menu item, that page within the website. And on that page, there's a lot of information. Uh, there are ways to email me. It's a way to email me. I'm at Devin at WadesWordProductions.com. So now all of a sudden you can email me directly. I mean, you can also get in t- touch with me still on Facebook and on Twitter. But if you have something extended you want to write about or you want to tell me about your life story, whatever it is, uh, Devin at WadesWordProductions.com. But in addition to that, under there, we have editorials. 
So we'll have articles from time to time, and I'll be taking submissions. If you want to write an article or a commentary about something in the world of sports, maybe we'll be able to arrange that. But primarily, my brother Biscuit and I will be doing features from time to time, editorials, commentaries, things like that. The written word, which so many people have gotten away from, we may have some of those things on the editorial page on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade, you know, under that page. In addition to that, the We the People segment. Now, the We the People segment, we vote on poll questions. I'll continue to post poll questions on that website. So you can go ahead and vote on the poll questions. And we will have a forum eventually. It's not there yet. We'll have a forum where you guys can comment and about questions I post you guys for the We The People segment. But most importantly, there's a new phone number that you can call 24 hours a day and leave a message. And I want you guys, this first time out, this is what I want you guys to do. If you are listening to this podcast, write down this number, 832-941-6614. Now that phone number is set up just so you guys can call and leave messages. If you want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, you can. If you want to talk about the Houston Rockets, you can. If you want to talk about the Lakers, LeBron, whatever you want to talk about, you can leave your comment. If you want to talk about the podcast, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. In fact, that's what I want you to do the first time out. If you guys are listening, before we do what we call season two of the podcast, which will start in September, I am going to do a new intro. And in that intro, I want to include some comments from you guys. So if you call 832-941-6614 and tell us what you like about the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, you may be heard on the next episode of the podcast, or you may be even heard in the uh, the intro. So all of those things are new, and we'll be setting up remotes. If you subscribe, you will get information on when we will do remotes. So you'll be in on all of those things. So all of that stuff is going on. And again, this is the first time out. Wadeswordproductions.com. If you subscribe, when we set up some oh, fantasy football is another thing that I'll be setting up through that. So all of these things will be going on, and but it's all under the umbrella of Wadeswordproductions.com. Go in, subscribe, and again, call the phone number 832 832- Nine four one six six one four twenty four hours a day. If you want to go to the club, come home and call that line. Yeah, back in the day, we used to call to check the weather and the time. Well, if you want to call in the middle of the night, you can. Eight three two nine four one six six one four to leave a comment, and it's really going to be for the. Uh, we the people segment and i'll ask you guys questions moving forward so you'll know what you uh what we're talking about and you can comment on because a lot of you guys want to be heard and i want to hear from you i want this to be as interactive as it can be now of course on saturdays we take phone calls there are a lot of people who can't for whatever reason listen or get in and make phone calls or uh, you know, maybe they're working, maybe they're sleeping in, maybe they're doing honeydews, whatever. Well, on the podcast, you know, we can't take the phone calls yet, but we can uh, record your comments and get you involved that way. So this time out, DJ Anarchy is on the mix, and we have a conversation with Coach Clarence McKinney. Now, you know, a lot of folks wanted to know, I'm sure a lot of Texas Southern football fans want to know X's and O's and everything about the players and what, what do we have at quarterback, what do we have at running back. But this is our first time sitting down with him, and I wanted to get a chance to know him, and I wanted a chance for uh, the TSU faithful and the greater Houston area to get to know Coach Clarence McKinney. And I have to tell you, it was a great, great conversation. He is homegrown. He's one of our own. And I've been through a lot of head coaches in my time calling Texas Southern football. And this he had he checks off all the boxes. When you talk about a hometown guy, he understands the swag. He understands Third Ward. He understands Houston. But he also has coached the University of Houston, Texas A&M. Arizona, so and had success on the high school level. So he values high school coaches. We get into all of those things. So we will have two parts of our conversation with Coach Clarence McKinney. Halfway point, we're here from DJ Anarchy, and after the interview, we will have the Lamont Award for the Big Dummy of the Week. 
and of course before i let go so all those things are coming up but first and foremost here is part one of our conversation with coach clarence mckinney Texas Southern head coach, man, it's so great to finally have you in the building. Yes. Coach Clarence McKinney. Thank you for having me. And and I'm it's so good to have a coach that I can ask this question. Who is your favorite all-time Houston <laughs> athlete? Because you, you grew up here. Yeah, I grew up here. I got a bunch of them. So, um, as a kid, you know, I wanted to be Billy White Shoes Johnson. Oh, man, yes. 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 To score a touchdown and do that dance <laughs> in the end zone. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think you can't discredit what the dream meant to the city. You yeah. know, when he was here at University of Houston and, and brought a championship. To yeah, Houston I, and University. I think yeah, that's and that's the thing that's sort of the missing. You know, when you talk about those teams from the mid nineties, when you talk about Clyde, mm-hmm. and you you can say what you want, but go say I ride for Clyde, your boy, your boy. But again, those guys had Houston roots. Yeah. yeah. Now, Dream, his first time he, he sat down in America was right here in Houston. True. But Drexler, Sterling, yeah. right. U of H, yep. Houston Rockets. Rudy T had been here forever and ever and ever as a player and then a coach. Yeah. Uh, an assistant coach for a while, a long time. Yeah. So, again, those, you know, that that's sort of that commitment, that sort of, that, and that's why I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, even with, with Earl. Mm-hmm. The Tyler Rose from down the street. So I don't think you can replicate that when you. It's, it's something special. I think you could have recreated that with Vince, Vince Young. Yeah. Had, he, had, he, had he had he been and, drafted by the Texans? Yeah. yeah. So that that would have worked out. But first and foremost, thank you so much for finally coming in. And we want you to know that this is your radio home. So anytime you want to Door get the word out mm-hmm. or just vent, <laughs> you can. I appreciate that. So so far so good for you. How's it been since you've uh, come aboard as the head coach of Texas Southern Tigers? It's, it's been great. You know the reception has been tremendous. I'm excited to be here. You know have a tremendous amount of support from the alumni. It starts with the president though, uh, and moves to the AD. Everyone's been supportive, and and our guys have been working extremely hard from the day I've met them, and and we're excited about getting started on next Saturday. I've been doing Texas Southern football since 92. Mm-hmm. And so I started off sort of doing the sideline with Leonard Moon right. and Vince Kennedy. Right. And Highsmith was the head coach when I first started. And I have to say, I, I cannot think of a coach that we've hired at Texas Southern that had a better resume coming in. Mm-hmm. You have done you've done some incredible things in sport of college football. And, and and then you have the bonus, the cherry on top is that of course you're one of our own. Right. You went, well, y'all on. He went to Yates. Yeah. Y'all, y'all yeah. Yates. So you don't know this, coach. That's my we, brother, right there. Yeah, see, see, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> but see, you don't know. We go through this all the time. He really is is, is Ralph and Ralph Cooper and, and right. Kevin who went yeah. to Yates and, and right. Chili Bill went to Yates. So they we go through us all the time. But so that's the sort of the cherry on top that you are from. From right here, you mm-hmm. want to you understand the school, the neighborhood, the city, but let's talk about your coaching career. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know it started. I'm sure it started way before Yates, but we let's talk about your stint at Yates. Went thirty and eight in three years, so you were rolling. You got you hit the ground running. Talk about those early years at at JY. You know, you mentioned the thirty and eight. But the thing that stands out to me the most is I lost my first four games at Yates, and mm-hmm. everyone was ready to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a high standard, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it. definitely a high standard. Um, but we went on a 30-4 and four run after that. You know, when I got the Yates job, that was my dream job. It was it, was it for me. I was ready to finish my career right. coaching ball at Yates High School, and we had a tremendous amount of athletes, one of them still playing in the league. Uh, Damian Square plays with the L.A. Chargers. Had quite a few guys we sent to college, but Kevin Sumlin and I had met around 95, 96, and we just stayed in touch, you know, throughout our careers. And when the opportunity came for him at University of Houston, I was the first phone call he made. So it was a no-brainer for me. I didn't have to change my route to work, didn't have to pick up and and, and move or anything. So I just went to work across the street. Now, talk about that relationship with Kevin Sumlin because you guys – you were a package deal for a lot of years. Talk a little bit about uh, about that relationship. Yeah, uh, 
like I said, we met mid mid nineties and what our relationship became was more of a big brother, little brother, and and he knew that I could bring recruits in from the city of Houston and the state of Texas. So he he had to take me wherever he went. <laughs> <laughs> so you you go to U of H and had some success as, run, as a running backs coach. Mm-hmm. Had some guys that, that did work. Yep. Uh, Sims was one of them. Charles, Charles Sims. Sims freshman of the year um, actually the year before Charles got there we had Bryce Bell who's freshman Bryce of the year right. yeah. Charles Sims Mike Hayes we had a pretty good group of guys yeah I mean they, for a while though, they had a little stretch mm-hmm. it, of, of running back battle battle was, was he after he you was, he was after he was before me before you yeah. Jackie battle and then so you guys go to Aggieland College yep. Station and yep. now that's that, that had to be really crazy up there. Explain to people who don't quite understand what that whole environment is like. Because to me, AM thinks that they are uh, UT. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, again, I ain't trying to step on no toes, mm-hmm. but they have this self inflated idea. And I'm sure that that has to do with, like, I mean, Auburn, Alabama, they probably had the same type of rivalry. Yeah, it's a rivalry. Yeah, but. Rivalry thing. But talk a little bit about life in College Station. Uh, it was. It was crazy from a football standpoint you know I, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the staff that went to the SEC for the, the first season so you know we weren't supposed to do anything because the previous AM teams in the Big 12 hadn't done a whole lot but we went to the SEC and, and the whole Johnny football mania began and, and it was really an exciting time yeah, and I, I want to get more into that. Uh, but, you know, that move, I know that as a recruiter at that time, that mm-hmm. had to be a lot of pressure because that alienated a lot of folks in the state of Texas that A&M would leave all the other Texas institutions and, and almost really blow up the Big 12. I mean, yep. and and so I know it made a lot of – it hurt recruiting, I would imagine. How, I, I think it enhanced recruiting because – Oh, well, because of the SEC. Time. Because, yeah, you, you – give uh, the kids in the state of Texas a chance to stay home and play in one of the top leagues, if not the top league in, in college football in the SEC. So you could recruit a kid from Texas and have them continue to live in Texas and still play in the SEC. So I, I think it enhanced. What, and the reason why I say this is because Arkansas had done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they their Texas recruiting suffered a lot for a long time. Yeah. I don't, I'm still not sure that they are able to recruit Texas like they did when they went to Southwest Conference. I, I'm not sure. I don't think they, they have. Uh, but, again, with with the SEC being in Texas, your top Texas kids don't have to go to Arkansas now. Right. right. They, can, they right. can stay in Texas and still play in the same league. I mean, I just – to me, I, I never really liked that move because, I mean, you know – I. Texas football, in Texas is religion. I wanted mm-hmm. everybody to stay together, and I know that for. I mean, do you? I'll ask you this as an, an aside. Do you think Texas and Texas and them want to play each other again? I don't think they will play each other. You know, it's that as, deep. Yeah, I, wow. I think there's a, a lot of bad blood there. Uh, I don't. I feel like um, I think Texas and them feels like they don't need Texas anymore uh-huh. because they have the Alabamas, they have the LSU's, and when you try and win a national championship, why add a, another tougher game yeah. that you don't have to play? <laughs> right, right. You know? I know that they're working towards expanding the playoffs and and, and those sorts of things, strength of schedule, are coming more back into play mm-hmm. I, from some of the things that the NCAA is trying to do. Right. But talk about the, the pressure on you guys as a coaching staff. Some of the first African-American coach at A&M, head coach at A&M, mm-hmm. you come in – I mean, it's not like College Station is is San Francisco where they just open and you know, how was that? You know, I always like to say that no one outside of me can put more pressure on me to win than than I put on myself. Absolutely, because if we're playing cards, I want to win. You know, if we're racing on the bike, I want to win. So it doesn't matter to me if, if you feel like I should win. I'm the one who should feel like I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't want to win, mm-hmm. you know. So the the pressure as far as winning goes doesn't bother me. But I'm sure it was a crazy environment. I mean, if to go from Yates to U of H to A and M where they, mm-hmm. I mean, they live and die. Yeah, you know, from a football standpoint, ball is ball. It's blocking, tackling, and execution. But the atmosphere that that those people brought it at Texas A&M and College Station, you're talking about 30,000 students showing up at the game, over 100,000 fans 
and the atmosphere was was tremendous. Now during that stretch, uh, I mean, and this is what, and I, we want to get into. I want to get into some of the philosophies uh, as a as a offensive coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, down, I want to ask about that a little bit later on, but you take over the helm as the offensive coordinator in 2013. Mm-hmm. Lead the SEC in passing. Yeah. But you were running backs coach who right. you are among the top right. running teams right. in right. the SEC. And then when you were at U of H, always um, you know, among the leaders as mm-hmm. it pertains to running games. So you've been able to have success both as a as a running coach and a passing coach. Talk, yeah. talk a little bit about that 2013 campaign when you were the offense coordinator in it. Uh, it was, it was uh, a great experience for myself, you know. You had the Heisman Trophy returning with uh, Mike Evans and a few other NFL guys up front blocking for him. So those guys really made it easy. You know, you call a play and they'd execute it. And and to have, you know, Jake Matthews and Cedric Aboyhe, guys up front that were first-round draft picks. You know, as a play caller, you're just calling plays, and those guys are are doing a great job of, of executing those plays. So. It made life really easy for me. <laughs> so, how many guys that you you coach on the offensive side of football that are in the NFL now? Because you talk about Matthews, yes. You, you talk about Evans, Charles Sims, Mike Evans, uh, Johnny. You know, was drafted. Uh, Matthews, both the Matthews brothers, uh-huh. uh, Jake and Mikey, uh, Cedric Aboyhe. Uh, we had Jarvis Harrison, and then uh, one one. Um, the guys who don't get a, a tremendous amount of, of publicity is uh, Darrell Walker, who's lighting up the CFL, and he's been lighting up the CFL for about the last three or four years. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. so you can make you can pick up the phone and call uh, a lot of guys that you coached around the, the NFL. So that that's a huge deal. Then you go to Arizona and you talk about leading the SEC in passing 2013. You led the, the Pac-12 in rushing <laughs> at, at Arizona after a few years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I coach, that's, that's I coached amazing. a really good player, though. J.J. Taylor is about five foot four. Mm-hmm. 165 pounds. <laughs> he's all muscle and he's really is really good at what he does and he's hard to tackle. And, and so, so at the time, I, U of H was CUSA, was it? Or yeah, the, the Conference USA, mm-hmm. SEC, Pac-12, and wh- how do you compare, say, the Pac-12 and the SEC? I mean, in my opinion, personally, that there's no comparison. The SEC is is the closest you're gonna get to the NFL. And the Pac-12 has a tremendous amount of, of athletes. Uh, I'm not sure um, that they play as hard as they should each weekend. Right. Yeah. The, the level of competition is not. Because I would imagine, I would think this, and you can give me your thoughts on this, that the SEC, well, the Pac-12 can match up in, in skill positions. No maybe, maybe at quarterback. But what you can replicate in the SEC Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. front seven? Oh no! And, that front and, seven, and on, you know, the every week one in the trenches. That's right. Oh, no. And and that front seven. Think about this: Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Even when Tennessee's not good, yeah, they, that front seven is good. Seven LSU, A and M. I mean, the, the, you know, you just. I mean, it's a it's a whole different monster that SEC. The SEC separation is in the trenches. Yeah, their, their trench play is, is has been better than a lot of other places. I think the ACC in, in some instances has uh, reached that level, um, but the Pac-12, in my opinion, is not where they need to be uh, with the guys up front. I don't think they want to play that. I think they like that wide, more wide open. The Big style. Twelve, Pac-12 is more of a wide open deal. You probably get better quarterback play out of out of the Pac-12 than you would out of the SEC. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 you mm-hmm. were just running. Just digs and whatever. You're not running. You ain't running like complex. Oh, no, 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 no. Although y'all, you guys open it up. Yeah, you know we. When you were the offense coordinator, we um again we had Johnny football, yeah. so we wanted to spread it out and and take what the defense gives us. You mentioned you know me being a part of teams that led the, the league in passing and then led the league in rushing. That's all about. For for me and my thought process is taking what the defense gives you. So if they load the box up to stop the run, we're going to throw it. If they spread it out and try to stop the pass, we're going to run it. So we really want to just take what the defense gives us. I would imagine that informs your recruiting as well. When mm-hmm. you go to Pac-12, you recruit differently than you recruit in the SEC. Is that is that a fair? <laughs> not in, not in my opinion. 
you know, my philosophy has always been to get the best player you can possibly get. Okay. Okay. You know, doesn't matter what the kid is going against. If he's a really good player, you know, you can you can coach really good players to do what you need them them to do. So you you have this extensive resume. You've done some incredible things, all at the highest levels of football, and then you 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 are able to come back home. You had an opportunity to come back to Houston to Texas Southern. Really, uh, although you didn't go here, you're sort of your alma mater. You right here. I spent a lot of time on this campus. Uh, yeah, and so it's, you come back home. What went into the decision to 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 come back to Texas Southern? Uh, many things, you know. There was one the opportunity to be a head coach, mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity to come home. Um, my dad was up in age at the time, and, and the opportunity for him to be able to see his son become a head coach. Wow! And and me, I was able to spend his last days with him. So yeah, I know. And condolences, by yes, the way. Yeah, yes, I know. Yes. I, Ralph, we acknowledge that on the yeah, show. So appreciate it. And I know that was. I, I'd heard that that was a, a, a factor in Most you definitely. And, and wanting yeah. to be here. Wanting to be here. And my dad was ninety-one years old when he passed. So I, I spent a lot of time with him. He raised me. Yeah. And for me to be able to to come home and, and spend that time with him was was. Everything for me. So they, I mean, I'm sure this last year has been pretty important. It's no far. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, well, glad of that. So you come in, and what are the challenges of taking a Texas Southern job that that may that are different from the challenges of a Arizona job or a Texas A&M job? I mean, I, I know it's different apples and oranges. And yeah, it's, it's apples and oranges, but. I took this job because I wanted to bring something to Texas Southern that I I didn't think the university has experienced, and that's a successful football team year in and year out. And we want to um, lay the foundation this year and and build up the program to where we're one of the more successful programs in the SWAT. Now, when you came in, what's the first thing you do as a coach as it, as you start to build this program? Obviously, you put your staff together, but then – Evaluate talent. I mean, well, yeah. Do you? Are you? Do you? Are, do you? Did you go back and look at film from last year? You said it's a clean slate. Clean slate. I hadn't looked at one piece of film from last year to evaluate our players. The first thing I did before I, I hired the staff, I called Mike Haywood mm-hmm. and I asked him, I, you know, what do you think? Because in my opinion, he knew the team better than anyone. I asked him, what did he think the team needed to? Um, be successful and get over the hump. He gave me his thoughts. Uh, went into winter conditioning and, and saw our guys moved around and evaluated them and um, hit the recruiting trail to try and bring some really good players to, to help us be successful. Now, I know that football is, in. I mean, on that level, you know, once you start playing in high school, it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But what do you do? How do you handle the sensibilities of coming in with young men that committed to a university, and, and a lot of times they commit to the coach. I mean, because right. the coach recruits them. Right. But you come in, they have made a commitment to the university, been here a couple of years, and then now everything that they've known, the whole football world is turned upside down. How do you handle the sensibilities of uh, of these young men who have have maybe done all the right things, but maybe don't fit what you like to do? How do you how do you handle that? I think you have to find what those guys do good. Mm-hmm. and put them in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. So whereas under Coach Haywood, a kid may be a defensive end, where in my scheme he may be a defensive tackle or, or even a tight end. So you just find what those guys can do really well and you put them in position to be successful. Some guys don't like the change. Some guys embrace it. Um, but what, what the guys have all noticed, because I, I made it a, them aware on the first day, is that, there's open competition for every position. Visiting here with Texas Southern head football coach Clarence McKinney. You had a question? Chilly yes. Bill? Now, my question is, you, you've done both. You can take us through the air or you can put us on the ground. Mm-hmm. What do you look – not giving your secrets away now, you know, because I know probably other schools be listening. Yeah. So. <laughs> what they do, yeah. But you know, so, I mean, but are, you, are, are, you, are we going to be balanced? Are you looking at high flying? Are you looking at – Ground and pound. What do you What do you see? We'd right like now? to be balanced. That we have. Okay. You know, we'd like to be balanced, but we're going to do what it takes to win. But, and, and, I, and I was telling Chili Bill this. He doesn't mm-hmm. know this because, but I've talked to the coaches from 
for 25, almost 30 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Every coach is say, say say they, they want balance, but they have their their leanings. But, but yeah, you, you got to do what it takes to win. You, you know, want to throw few, it 60 times a game, you got to throw it. If you got to right. run it 60 times a game, you, right. you run it. But, right. we, but that's what I was going to say. We want to be balanced. And he he's proven yes. more so than any that's coach I that I know. Because right. a lot of coaches say, well, I seek balance. But then if you look at their record, they've had a, you know, they, <laughs> they're not a balance. Right. Right. They right. ran the wishbone, but, right. not, but they want a balance. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna I take, can do that too. <laughs> gonna take a time out, come back with more Texas Southern head football coach Clarence McKinney in studio. 713 That was part one of our conversation with new head coach, Texas Southern head football coach Clarence McKinney. And you know what? There's so much was going on in the beginning. I forgot to mention, I didn't mention that this interview was for KTSU Sports Talk and our guy. Chili Bill Smith of the Midday Groove on KTSU 90.9, your community station. He was in on the conversation. So that was the third voice you heard. And uh, those two, uh, Coach McKinney was well aware of uh, Chili Bill and his reputation as a great DJ here in the city of Houston. And, of course, they went to the same high school. So they know each other, uh, at least uh, through those uh, high school ties. So that's uh, what that was about. Coming up, a word from our sponsor and a snippet of a mix from DJ Anarchy. On the other side, part two of our conversation with Coach Clarence McKinney and a Lamont Award. And uh, we have a really, really big, big dummy. Uh, that's all coming up. This is Briefcast 32 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ Putting in a little overtime. He's coming up soon with the Midday Groove at 10 a.m. Uh, talking to Coach Clarence McKinney. And uh, so glad to have you here. And, again, it's it's an exciting time. And, mm-hmm. and you can feel the energy And when you talk about what uh, the athletic director, Kevin Granger, is doing, Dr. Lane, mm-hmm. his vision for the university. It's been, it's been an incredible, uh, really exciting time. Uh, for Texas Southern, but I want to go back to building the program. So you, you, I guess as coaches, you guys understand the game. You understand the business of coaching. Right. How was the? How was? How is it to have that uh, a communication with a coach that you're replacing? Mike and I go back a long way, so it, it was easy for us to talk. Uh, I mean, he's if I call him right now, he pick up the phone and give me whatever advice that I, I'd ask. So we we have a relationship. The coaching world is really a small network of guys that that know each other, and and we we like to see the next guy be successful. Now, when you one of the things I know that you are known for, and you've talked about, you talked about it this morning, and, and but it preceded you. Everybody talks about what a great recruiter you are. What is the key to being a a good recruiter? In my opinion, it's about building relationships. You know, you you get to know kids, you get to know the parents, you get to know the grandparents, brother, sister, girlfriend, and you just build those relationships and and make it, those kids comfortable enough to where they won't tell you no. <laughs> now, yeah, I know another component of, uh, of that 
is having relationships with Texas coaches. Or I, I mean, we're around the country, but Texas coaches. Yeah, with the high school coaches. Yeah. So, and we and I asked you this off the year. Uh, the big uh, conference here uh, for the Texas high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. That was a big deal. I mean, that's a big deal annually. Yeah, it's a big deal annually. Uh, it's not usually in Houston, so it was really good to see them bring it to Houston. And uh, they finished with the largest turnout that they've had in the history of, of the event. What it does for us is gives us an opportunity to build relationships and network with with other high school coaches. I'm a high school coach, so I'm a member of the association. And you, you continue those relationships, and those same guys that I coached against in high school want to see me be successful at this level. And, and how big of a, pl- uh, a role will that play? I would imagine, okay, so you're at A&M. You can, you can get in the front door in any any blue chip recruit in the country, mm-hmm. not just in Texas. But how how influential will that be in a situation where maybe you you going for a guy that that you may not have had a chance without those relationships? How would you do, do those relationships help in those situations? You said, well, hey, we got a guy here. Maybe for whatever reason he's being overlooked, but let me call Coach McKinney, and, and I think this guy I mean, that, really has something. That's the part of of what's what I've built my resume on, on on guys like that, you know. You have a kid as a high school coach and you feel like he's overlooked and you know, let me pick up the phone and call Coach McKinney and see what he thinks. And I evaluate the kid and if I feel like he's good enough to play for us then I let the coach know and vice versa. But it's great to have those kind of relationships and be able to, you know, pick up the phone or have a guy pick up the phone and call me and say, Hey coach, I think you need to take a look at this guy. Now, I mean, I know teenage years are difficult years, and and guys go through it, and family lives may be fun. How do you how do you find that hidden gem when you say, "Well, this guy he has something. He didn't. His numbers may not say something. His production may not be what we ideally recruit, but maybe he has circumstances that are that affect his game, so to speak." How do you find those hidden gems, and what do you look for when you try to evaluate guys like when- that? The evaluation process really, you know, you start academically. So that's that's the first step. If a guy's academically solid, then you, you go to the video. And the video tells the truth. You know, if a kid performs, if you know, he's performed really well, he shows you some things that you feel like can help you at this level, then you got to go after him and, and talk to his coach and see what kind of character he has and, and – Get, get the whole recruiting rolling. So what do you think is the key to to winning the swag? As I mean, you've talked to people. I mean, mm-hmm. you you know the swag. What do you think is a key component in, in winning in the swag? Well, for, for us and our guys, they're being taught one thing, and that's to do their job, you know. And one of the key factors is going to be, in my opinion, is turnovers turnover margin defense creating turnovers offense not turning the ball over so and if you can do those things and you can steal a couple extra possessions and not give away extra possessions i think you give yourself a chance to win yeah and i know that like when we talk about you talk about sec football you got to win and you got to have the, your front seven your mm-hmm. line has the you got to have hogs you got to have big athletic guys up front pack 10 you make play smaller guys in front seven but guys that need more speed as you assess the swag, I, obviously you always want people in the trenches. But is there because to me, in my my opinion, I always said if you had, and, and it's more prevalent in sports than it's ever mm-hmm. been. But even back then, if you had a quality quarterback in the swag, that that's going to get you five wins out the gate. I think that's in in any league at any level is quarterback play is you know the really good teams in the NFL, the really good college teams, high school teams. They get good quarterback play. And if you got a, a guy who you can trust to make plays and, and not turn the ball over and, and put your, your team in the right situations, you feel like you got a, a pretty good chance of being successful. So you've gone through spring and you've done uh, – I mean, and you've gone, gone through the off season. Mm-hmm. Have you developed, based on your personnel, the philosophy that you'll, you'll initially go into the season with as far as 
do you think you'll be a, a run first team or you think that you'll be able to open it up? What I, I mean, whatever strategically you, you, you yeah. Know, I'd I'd like for us to be balanced. You know, I think we have a really solid group of receivers. You know, we have some quarterbacks that are battling. Um, we hope to come out of fall camp with a starter. Uh, and our running back situation is not quite what I'd like for it to be. But we have some guys that we, we signed a couple freshmen that we, we feel like are pretty good. We return Tyler Cook. And we got a couple, couple walk-ons that are going to compete with those guys as well. So I don't think we have that proven guy in the running back room yet. So we're going to give those guys an opportunity to show us who's who's the number one guy. Now I, I noticed that when you went to Swag Media Day, you brought you, you brought O lineman mm-hmm. and a D lineman. Yep. <laughs> so yep. you paying homage to those guys. Hey, that's where it's wanted. Yeah, talk about what you've seen. If you want to mention names, you can. I, you know, I always, you know, I, I try to tread lightly around those things this mm-hmm. early in the game. Right. Uh, but, but if you want to talk about some of the guys up front and on both sides of, of the football, who, who has stood out to you in, in, during the off season and the spring? I think uh, you got to look at those two guys I brought to uh, Media Day and uh, Jarrell Taylor and Dominic Derigi, uh, both seniors. Uh, played some on last year. Um, they're probably the leaders of, of their perspective groups. Uh, and then our center, uh, R.J. Claiborne, who played quite a bit on last year. Uh, we're looking forward to him leading the guys up front and, and getting us going in the right direction. Now, when you uh, – I mean, let's talk about the quarterback position. How you feel? I mean, you say you hope <laughs> leaving out of camp we'll have a starter. Yep. Could it be quarterback by committee? Uh, traditionally, I, I'd like to go with one guy. I think, you know – you get a certain quarterback that has a certain rhythm in a snap count that everyone gets comfortable with. Um, and I, I'd like the offense to know who that guy is and to be able to rally around him. And whoever the, the number two guy is, to for him to stay ready and be ready to go at, at all costs. But we, it won't be a situation where we'll rotate guys and, and no. Okay. At that position, you got to get a guy who, who can get your team in the rhythm and, and – Get them rolling and finish the game with. Let me ask you this: when when you talk about leadership from players, mm-hmm. now you've seen the sort of the evolution. I think probably early on in your career, you knew that there were guys that were able to really players that were really to go, able to take over right. a locker room, and you had that a little bit, I guess, with with Johnny Manziel. But it seems like coaching coaches are so controlling now. The evolution of coaching seems like the, you, everything is just dictated by the coach. Is it easy? Is it, do you find it easy for a, a quarterback to lead his team like like in the old days when quarterbacks really sort of ran the show? I think so. I think uh, your best teams are more player led than they are coach led. You know, I, I've uh, was on the staff with one of the what I consider one of the greatest leaders I've been around in Case Keenum, mm-hmm. and and. His teammates played hard for him because they trusted him, and and he never, you know, blamed kids for dropping balls or, or missing assignments. As as a leader, he took the blame for everything, and his players respected him for that, and and they played that much harder for him. You, I mean, obviously, you talk about the the small fraternity that coaches. Mm-hmm. When you look around the swag, how many of the coaches did you know before you got the job here? How many of them were you familiar with? Uh, I was familiar with Coach Fobbs mm-hmm. over at Gremlin, and uh, Coach Odoms might have been the first guy to reach out to me in the swag. Okay. But, yeah. And so you didn't know those guys beforehand? I, I didn't know a lot of the other guys beforehand. So what what have you found with your experience? And obviously you've been you you've been in meetings with them. You've mm-hmm. done swag media day. I saw you know some of that online. Uh, what how have you found uh, your your swag coaches to be? Oh, they've been they've been nice. I think um, they they're really confident. Yeah, you know. So uh, I think our history has has um, said some things about us from a football standpoint. But they they've been welcoming me with open arms, and we're just looking forward to going out there and competing with them. See, I, now I always thought of Texas Southern as a from a football standpoint is a sleeping giant. What do we have here that? People haven't been able to take advantage of that 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 could make us 
the best team in this way? I think the recruiting base. I think it starts with the recruiting base. You you go 150 miles from this campus and you find 20 to 25 of the best players you can you can bring to campus and you do that four times a year and you're going to have a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you're building a program, it's not like basketball. Basketball, you come in, you get your point guard, you're good. Mm-hmm. You, yep. can, you can compete for a title. Yep. Football is much more difficult. Mm-hmm. How long will it take? And, and I'm not saying to win because you can win out the gate, but how long will it take you to make this program look like the Clarence McKinney program? My goal is to make it look like a Clarence McKinney program in the next few weeks. <laughs> so that's not a situation where I'm going to say three years from now. Or, right. No, my expectation is is to build it now and and have it look like I want it to look asap. Next, yeah, as soon as possible. So next week we get started, and uh, I want to put my my fingerprint on it next week. Defensive wise, are you looking at? Four three three four. How, what's your what's your scheme looking like for for the defense this year? Don't really want to give away a whole lot. <laughs> okay, okay, but, but okay. okay. I, I think we're gonna have the ability to do both. Okay, you know, um, I, I believe Coach Haywood's philosophy was three four. Right, and the team that I inherited was more built towards a three four. Okay, and I tried to go out and, and add some things to to our uh, defensive uh, scheme to where we can we can go 3-4 as well as 4-3. To me, defensively, you know, it's about stopping the run. So right. it doesn't matter what the scheme is. If you can stop the run and make teams one-dimensional, you give yourself a chance. You got a good crop of linebackers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put some hits on some folks. Yeah. Okay, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got, we got a really good group. That's one of our stronger groups on our team is, is our linebacker core. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we talked about you said you didn't look at any film of Texas <laughs> Southern, but do you how do you start to evaluate wait. your opponents? Do you just wait to see what they do this year and get game film? No, we're, we're watching the Prairie View game. Uh-huh. We're not. We're, we're watching all the Prairie View games right now. Yeah, you can't look at the Texas Southern. We're not looking game. at the yeah, Texas Southern. Burn that, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was roof. We're not evaluating our guys from last year's video. You know, we watch at what they, we watch last spring, but we're watching the scheme of what Prairie View uh, has done on last year. But what do you what do you see? I mean, they're really good. They're really good. To be honest with you, you know, they they may be the best team in the West. Um, I, and I, they've been there for a few years, but yeah. just been they would have success and then they would shoot Something themselves in the foot. Something just yeah, happened. Well. The team that I see is, is on video is, is a really good good team. So we have our work cut out for us. And, and I just think that, that the metamorphosis of what they've been able to do up there has been big. Let's talk a little bit about the, the infrastructure and the things that it, that um, help Texas Southern when it comes to, like, you know. And obviously, you know, you, you see LSU this week with their MVL, their, their new locker room and all of those things. Talk a mm-hmm. little bit about – some of the bells and whistles and the infrastructure that, that can help recruiting? You know, anytime you do what schools in the SEC are doing, that they're being competitive as far as the facilities goes. Not every league is going to be able to do that. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in upgrading their uh, locker room, weight room, players' lounge situation. We've done some things uh, to upgrade our, our situation and our guys' um, to be able to have them more comfortable. You want a situation where your players want to be around the facility so they can hang out, get to know each other, and, and not stay at home and stay in their dorms and, and just be separate. You want those guys. That's where you build your camaraderie at when, when you're in the locker room hanging out with your, with your boys. Well, we're going to take a time. I'll come back and finish things up. <laughs> Will you get back to our questions, please? Yes, sir? <laughs> yes. AJ checked in online. He tweeted in, uh, texted in, uh, talked about the size of the O line. You do you like a, a bigger O line, or you like guys that are a little smaller and more mobile? Uh, you'd like big guys that can, that can move, <laughs> that can move like small guys. <laughs> yeah. That's on everybody's Christmas yeah. list. So, in a perfect world, you want big guys that can move. Um, but you know, our schematically. You know, today you don't find a lot of teams where you, you're in an offense where you're just lining up and just one-on-one moving the guy off the ball. So it's about guys that can move and work together and as, as a unit. 
Yeah. Now, I, you've been here for a while now. How have you found your support from the fan base? Our fan base have been – the support has been tremendous. You know, those fans are excited about something new. Everyone wants to win, which is what I hear everywhere yeah. I go. And, and and we're excited about having an opportunity to, to give the fan base something to be proud of from a football standpoint. Now, well, I know a lot of people have probably been in your ear, and, and they don't have to with you as much because you know it, but the history and the, and the sort of the legacy of Texas Southern yep. and, the, and the things that make it special. And I know that the athletic director, Kevin Granger, is mm-hmm. big on that. Talk a little bit about what people – I mean, what what do they share with you about how special this place is? I mean, that's just it. You know, they, they share with me about how how special the university is to the community, how special it is to them, and how great it would be if they had a football program that they could be proud of. You know, I hear about the, the championships that basketball's yeah. won, both men and women's, and baseball, softball, track. And they say, hey, we just need to get that football team right. So Yeah. And I mean, because again, and and it's it's so unfair because as as an athletic department, we we've been rolling. Right. It's just that if you don't win in football, right. it's almost like, yeah, yeah but, yeah, but. <laughs> everything is yeah, but right. And, and and so I know you hit the ground running. Let's talk about the Prairie View rivalry. Mm-hmm. Because Man, let me tell you this. This is what I have found in my experience of of Texas Southern head football coaches. Mm -hmm. My opinion, the approach to how they view that rivalry kind of dictates their level of success. (laughs) (laughs) So, no pressure, coach. But how do you how do you see the Prairie View Texas Southern rivalry? Uh, It's one of the the first college games, if not the first college game I ever attended as a kid. So yeah. me too. In the yeah. dome. In the dome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I, I had, know. Uh, got the pennants. The pennants. Oh, you still the, got the pennant? Wow. I don't still have it, but I right. had you at back mm-hmm. then. They had pennants. You could buy. Yeah. Them. Yeah. The, and you the wave Texas it all over. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So so I understand the importance of the game. Uh, it's a huge rivalry game uh, in my mind, um, but what it does for us. Uh, both preview and ourselves is gives us an idea of where we're going to be ranked within the standings of of the West. So mm-hmm. it's not just a rivalry game; it's a conference game to where the winner comes out leading the West, and and the loser comes out at the bottom of the West. So, well, I know in the in the SEC, what well, the Alabama game for and was the, mm-hmm. became the rivalry, but even back before SEC days. The the Texas A and M game, Texas Texas A and M game was at the end of the year. How right. difficult is it to yeah. have your big rivalry game game one? Year. Right, that's very difficult. <laughs> but I don't make the schedule, and that's when we have to play them. So, hey, let's line up and get it on. Coach, let me ask you a question. I when when Kevin Ranger got appointed, I asked him what was his mission statement for the administration. Mm-hmm. What is your administration for your coaching staff and your team this year? Uh, I, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier about our rule or philosophy or whatever, and it's, mm. it's basically real simple: It's do your job. You know, whatever that may be. If if you're the starting quarterback, or if you're the scout team quarterback, do your job. If if we can trust that we put eleven guys out on the field at one time, and each guy does his job, mm. we feel like we'll be successful. I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to call out some names. Let's talk a little bit about yes. your coach and staff yes, and, and some of the folks that are going to help you build a, a, a championship team. So I, I, uh, the long holdover from last year's uh, coaching staff is Dallas Blacklock. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's uh, coaching our running backs. Very active on social media. Sure does a great is. job yes, on social does. media. Yes, yep. he does. Also our recruiting coordinator. Uh, he's, he reminds me of myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, defensively, our defense coordinator is Jeff Caesar, who was uh, my defense coordinator at Yakes High School. We worked together at, at North Shore High School as well. Uh, our offense coordinator is David Marsh, who worked uh, was my GA at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we have some history there. Uh, moved to our offensive line. You got Manny Martinez. Many mm-hmm. of you may know Manny Martinez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been here uh, coaching on a few different staffs. Yeah. Um, our linebackers coach is, is Mike Allen, mm-hmm. who we got out of Silsby. Uh, our secondary coach is uh, Justin Sanders, who, who's from the original Last Chance U, East Mississippi. <laughs> and then um, 
our receivers coach is is uh, Jerry Wilson, guy we got out of Louisiana who can help us recruit Northern Louisiana, and the special teams wise, we got JB Brown who was last at the uh, University of Houston. How much more active will you be on the offensive side of football? Because I mean, obviously you you're the brains that I fit, yeah, and you have I mean vast experience and, and a lot of success, and I mean how much more active will you be on the offensive side of football? Uh, I'm not a micromanager. You know, I hired those guys to do a job. Uh, and one of the reasons why I hired um, Coach Marsh is because he understands my philosophy and, and what I think our offense should look like. And he has free reigns to, to call offense and, and make it look that way. And if I see something that uh, he's doing that I – you know, would like to do differently. I just let him know, and, and he he doesn't have a problem. He says so calmly. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not how that's gonna go. <laughs> right, but I just let him know. Yeah, and know. the same thing with Coach Caesar defensively. He understands my philosophy and how I expect our defense to play, and, and I just let those guys do what what I brought them here to do. And you know, and I, I've said this about really a lot of. Of the coaches and the programs here at Texas Southern, they've done a, a tremendous job on social media. Saw this yes. last night; another young man committed uh, via social media. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't talk about that. Okay, okay, okay. can't okay. talk about. But I will say you this: can. <laughs> you can't. He can't. You can't. <laughs> well, anyway, young man committed last night, and right. that, and and coach can't comment on that. But again, it's exciting to see, yes. and you see these guys all the time saying, "Hey, I got to offer." Uh, and, and that's the new thing that floods my time right, on these right, guys, right. and, and then these guys make the, the the commitments. The one thing with the social media, and maybe you can help explain this, is follow the drip and the sauce. You, how did right. I know you were going to ask about that? <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> follow the drip and the sauce. Do, do follow the drip first. So it's it's all a combination of of relating to the kids, mm-hmm. and you know, with the kids, you know, when I was a kid. Around you know fourteen to eighteen, it was everything was fresh. Yep, <laughs> you know so funky so, fresh, yeah, funky right? Fresh. So it, it's gone from being fresh to being saucy. Okay, right. and when you got sauce, when you have the sauce, it drips. <laughs> so you got the drip. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so we're the sauce. You Texas Southern University. We we got the sauce and and it's dripping. So so how, I mean obviously I'm you see it all over hashtags mm-hmm. all over and so that's uh, who started that campaign because that's really worked that's out well. Yeah, well when I first got hired, uh, we had a group of guys sitting around the table and and as you know, all the kids are on social media. Yeah, so we were trying to we were throwing out ideas on how we can make it cool to come to Texas Southern again. Right, and what what can we do and. One of the guys threw out the sauce you. It sounded really good at the time. So and, and people and, responding. Yeah, people responding. I know a lot of the older alumni didn't quite understand it, but it's not for them. It's not for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know to to bring certain kids back to to the university and and they're excited about it and they're following the drip. Well, a couple things I want to ask you before we get out of here. Um, preseason. Not mm-hmm. a lot of confidence in the Texas Southern program. Do you use that as fuel, or you just kind of disregard that? I, I disregard it, me personally, but I'm sure our players, you know, they, they know. feel disrespected. Yeah, and I didn't think that the, the players themselves got the recognition in the preseason polls as well. You know, it's it's really hard to recognize you when you were 2-9. and nine. Right. You know, it's, it's about winning. So I, I, I get it. You know, we're okay with being a hunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fun. Uh, the the other thing I want to give you an opportunity to really get folks excited about buying season tickets and and coming out. I mean, I, you know, like I said, that's a a huge part because I don't think that you you were at the NM, so you know how big of a home van, home field advantage it was. No doubt, because everybody filled the stadium. Mm-hmm. What would you tell the, the really the community? Because we have listeners who may not have ties to Texas Southern, but they they know about Texas Southern and, and you know, would support them if, if they right. were you know, sort of compelled to do so. What would you tell those folks? I think um, I, I, I talk to the team about this all the time, is that your effort is the cost of admission. So if someone's going to pay f- to watch you play, you owe that person your maximum effort. And uh, what, what they're going to find is a team that plays as hard as they can play from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. And and 
I think uh, we're going to play an exciting brand of football. I think uh, there's a they're going to see a, a tremendous amount of change from the previous uh, seasons to this season, and and I I think it's going to be exciting. Well, coach, you know what? We look forward to. To working with you and yes. being around the program, of Can't course. I hadn't rolled on my sleeves yet, but I'm getting ready to to be out and around. And of course, uh, you know, coming up, we'll talk more X's and O's as we get closer and get into more of the sort of the the, the real football. You know, with the, but the grass Meat is the, 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 the grass is just starting to burn. And in Texas, <laughs> when you smell that grass kind of burning in that Texas sun, you know it's football Come on time. Now. It's football time. But coach, um, if you want to get back to social media, you can. Uh, if you want folks to follow you on social yeah. media. I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Coach McKinney 3. Uh, Facebook is Clarence McKinney. Um, and I believe my IG is at Coach McKinney 3 as well. Well, Coach, man, it has been a true pleasure, and we're looking forward to working with you for many, many years to come and uh, looking forward to a very exciting season. And, uh, again, want you to get comfortable in your radio home. How about that? <laughs> Thank you for having me. And that is Texas Southern Head Football Coach Clarence McKinney. That like, was one of many conversations we hope to be having with Texas Southern Head Football Coach Clarence McKinney. So uh, there you have it from Coach. And, uh, hey, football season is here. With that, we're going to move forward. I want to remind you guys, I have not forgotten about all the things in the news that have been big and things that we've talked about on KTSU Sports Talk, like the Astros acquisition of Zach Granke, like uh, the combined no-hitter, like some of the uh, other things that are going on including preseason football and, of course, uh, Tom Brady's extension and Ezekiel Elliott's holdout. All of those things we're going to get into. We're going to be heavily, heavily involved with football and baseball moving forward. And a lot of good stuff and great guests are coming up to aid in those conversations. But now it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. That's when we give away an award to the big dummy of the week. Now, there are several nominees for this award, but I am going to give this one out to a guy named Donnell DJ Cooper Jr. Now, our own, uh, very own Tiffany Skinner from the TFE family, she uh, posted this first. So this is the first place I saw it. And uh, since then, it's, I'm sure it's, I've been made, made the rounds all over the world. So let me tell you what Mr. Donnell DJ Cooper Jr. did. Donnell DJ Cooper Jr., 28-year-old point guard who last played for AS Monaco, has been banned by the International Basketball Federation for two years for fraud after a urine sample was found to contain a hormone commonly associated with pregnancy. Now, Cooper is a Chicago native, and essentially what they found in the blood test was that his urine sample revealed an unusually high level of HCG hormone. And that, I mean, that I couldn't pronounce it. I guess human, yada, 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 hormone. Then that hormone is commonly produced by the cells in the placenta during pregnancy and can be detected by blood or urine tests for some two weeks after conception. So not only did he fail his drug test, I'm sure he would have. That's why, hence, he used someone else's urine. But he used the urine of a woman. Now, this, for, on so many levels, it makes him a big, big dummy. And you, in, in a way, I almost didn't make him the big dummy because, I mean, humiliation is enough. And we know that Donnell DJ Cooper has a lot of very important conversations to have. Now, I don't know what his personal situation was, if this was his woman, this was his side piece. Whatever the situation was, Mr. Cooper is going to be having some conversations for quite a while. And uh, not the least of which is the fact that he probably found out that somebody he was getting next to is pregnant. But for all of those reasons, I mean, you know, that you cheated. Hey, man, I get it. And But that you can leave it alone, you got to be able to leave it alone. I mean, you know what the rules are. You know what the game is. I'm not saying it was right or wrong. I'm not condemning you morally. But what I am saying is that you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs>
But <laughs> with that, about to wrap this thing up. But before I let go, before I let go, hey, before I let go, I want to thank uh, Coach Clarence McKinney for joining us. Want to thank my man DJ Anarchy. Want to thank you guys and remind you that the Wade's Word Productions.com website is up. And again, the number is 832. 832- 941-6614 to call if you have any comments about anything you heard, anything, any of your thoughts about the show moving forward, anything you have, let us know. Hey, want to thank you guys so, so much. It's going to be a great fall as we go into season two of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's going to be a whole lot of fun and it will be more interactive, more than ever before. And it's going to be great. Look forward to it. And as always, have a great Great day. DJ Wait for